Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. Okay, let me. Let me be. Okay, there we go. We'll give the uh, the sound guy in my little box here. <laughs> got to got to get my smile at me, y'all. Come on. <laughs> okay. That music will travel, right? I mean, come on, how many of you got music on your phone? And that's what we, that's what we do now, right? So do, I'm not texting. Um, John, is it okay if I obey God? Honey, you all right with that? I'm shaking, y'all. I can't. Um. Can I tell you what I saw? Is that okay? Uh, we drove out this morning. Now I'm uh, y'all. I'm I'm human like y'all. I'm, I'm I, um, I had to have Starbucks coffee, and I praise God y'all have a Starbucks. <laughs> I just tell you what I've I've been on the road a lot. Um, I've um, the company that I work for a denomination. So my denomination, we've been on the road a lot, and so I was a little tired this morning. And as I drove, we drove out of the parking lot, and then I stopped and let Nick off so he could you know do his. He wanted to see and hug, and I needed coffee. I knew if I was going to see and hug you, I needed to have some coffee. So I drove down the street, and when I drove past the church, now y'all don't think I'm weird, but when I drove past the church, in my mind's eye, okay, I saw flames of fire coming up out of the top of the building. Now, I know that that is who you are. I know that that's what you stand for. But God wants to do something more today. Woo, yeah, hallelujah. Um, God, wants to, God wants to touch you. This is not about John and Liz Burke. This is not John's church. This is God's church. And you are God's people and God wants to move on you. Let me tell you why God wants to move on you. you God has brought... A whole world to you. Drive down your street down here and walk and see them. They were in Starbucks having chocolate croissants. God has brought the oil world to you. He has brought the world to your doorstep. But let me explain something to you. They're not going to come to your door unless you go get them. They're not, you've got to smile at them at the grocery store. And you've got to tell them that they're important. And it doesn't, no, you don't have to go out and say, well, you know, you're in sin, brother. You need to come. No. They need somebody to say, hey, how are you doing today? Did you know that God loves you? Did you know that Jesus wants to be a part of your life? Sometimes it's just a smile. My husband, he may tell this, he, he was mentioning this. He went into a store the other day and there was a song playing and Bob Dylan was the singer and there was a young man sitting there and he just walked over to the young man and he said, I'll give you $5 if you can come and hear singing. 
And the kid was like, well, thank you, sir, but I have no idea. And he says, well, it's, you know, the song is whatever, and that's Bob Dylan. And the kid looked up at him and went, well, sir, my name. And Nick said, well, does that mean anything to you? And the boy said, well, my name is Dylan. Ladies and gentlemen, God is doing something different, okay? And he wants to do something different in you. He wants to use you. It's a, it, yes, John and Liz are important because they're here to train you. You are the ministers of God. You are the people that will set this town on fire. And they will watch you burn. But now this song that I'm going to sing is going to explain where some of you are. Some of you are fighting the little voices in your head that says, you know, I've done too much. I've been too bad. I don't know enough. I haven't studied the scriptures enough. I'm not, I'm not important enough. I'm not called enough. I'm not. Let me explain something to you. Every single person in this building not just in this room, every single person in this building is called to something. You're called, and if you don't know what you're called to, you need to find out. And then you need to walk in that, because that's going to fulfill who you are. So, who, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. Fire, fire, but just burns in the inside of them. Those, those that have been dead, Lord, that they've been spiritually dead, they're emotionally dead, Lord. They've lost all hope that you'll ever do anything with them or through them. Right now, right now, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you burn that fire in them. That you stir that up in them right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, some of you women have heard this song over and over and over again. But Liz specifically asked me to sing it, and I'm going to sing it. Okay, John, we're going to go back to the beginning, okay? It's all right. Yeah, right. God's still moving, huh? Okay, well, if God's still moving, he's going he's to let me have a drink. Oh. <laughs> Come on, smile real big. The, the God of the universe lives in you. If you are saved, he lives in you. Sorry, he, John, was, John said I was enthusiastic. I'm a bit crazy, too, so... Hallelujah. Linda, I told you it starts with you. Here we go, John. Those voices in your head, huh? I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Today you're going to put those down, okay? We're going to get rid of those. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. But you do. You have God in you. 
Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am and how. You say I am yours. Do you believe? Oh, I believe. Yes, I believe what you say of me. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. It's what he thinks about you. In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity. Because you say I am loved, but I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong, when I think I am weak. You say The other thing the Lord spoke to me was that many of you in here have stopped hoping. 
I looked up the word hope. You know, I think sometimes in the English language we hear so many where we hear words over and over and over again, and they kind of lose their meaning. And the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Okay, well, if it's deferred, how many of you, <laughs> I know about this because we had to do it. Um, uh, two years ago, our home flooded, um, it, along with 100,000 other homes. Uh, it wasn't just ours. Um, we didn't have like a pipe break or anything. The, the water, the heavens opened and the waters came and we had about two two feet in our home and so you know you go through many many different emotions and so forth but you go through having to defer payments um anybody ever had to like move a car payment to the i mean you know you just um we had tear sheet rock out i mean my house was a to the brick <laughs> so um and so you you know and and we didn't have flood insurance so you have to figure out what to do from there and god helped us I, I mean i give all the glory to god for the home that we have but we had to defer some payments and what they do is they postpone them okay they put them either at the end or um <laughs> our lease our uh, um, homeowners said oh yeah yeah we'll defer them and then when the three months was up they came and said okay now we want our money <laughs> Some of you have postponed your hope. Oh, you know, God, he didn't, you know, he just hasn't answered my prayer. Uh, I prayed that 15 years ago. I prayed that 20 years ago. I prayed that. I prayed that. Let me explain something to you. God heard your prayer when you prayed it, and God's been working on it ever since you prayed it. And, and you're not the only, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not the only person in the picture. So God has to rearrange some things sometimes and move other people to get what you ask for. And particularly if it's in his will, he wants to make sure it lines up. You know, you get people in that line and it gets kind of crooked. So God has to do things. So if you've been praying and believing God for something, don't stop. Don't quit. If you're believing for healing, don't stop. If you're believing for a family member, don't give up. Now, my husband didn't know I was preaching this morning, so I got to make it quick. So, I, so because he, I know what he's bringing. I'm just the appetizer, y'all. Thank you. This song. Honey, I have to do it. I hope you're okay with it. <clears throat> God's been dealing with me. And this song, if it's not for you, well, if you'll just indulge me while I sing it for me, okay? The name of the song is I Can't Stay Here Anymore. Some of you have stayed in the same spot for the last 20 years. You haven't grown in God. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm not here to shame you. I, that's not why I'm here. God wants you to know that he is on your side and that he is with you and that he wants to help you. But he needs your participation. If you're sitting on your... <clears throat> and doing nothing, waiting for God... 
then I have bad news. God is not going to blast you off your chair. God expects you to get in the ball game. And I've been sitting on the bench for a while. We had some things, I mean, our home flooded, and we had a lot hit us all at once. And I just said, okay, all right, I'm just, I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to rest a while, okay, God, because I just, I'm tired, I can't do it no more. And about a month ago, God said, you done yet? <laughs> our daughter, our, our old, Nick's oldest daughter, my stepdaughter, um, is pastoring a church, and we've been helping her with that. And she got up and just started preaching, and she started preaching about sitting on the sidelines. Many of you have been sitting on the sidelines way, way, way too long. God, you've got things in you. You've, you've seen miracles. You've seen things happen. You've been a part of seeing things happen. You've been ones, whoo, golly. You've been ones that have been laying hands on people years ago and you quit because God didn't do what you thought he should have done when he thought, when you thought he should have done it. I'm singing. I'm going to. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Part of this song that I'm fixing to sing, if I can find it, it talks about dry bones. And that was, I know we've all heard the story about Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. And so I prophesied as I was commanded, and there was a thundering noise, and behold, a shaking and a trembling and a rattling, and the bones came together. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for some of y'all's bones to come back together. It's time for you to stand up and be who God made you to be. This town needs you. God the Father needs you. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews coming together, and flesh came upon them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath or spirit in them. Some of you have lost your breath. You've lost your breath, and you need to breathe again. You need to breathe in God. You need to get full of the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues like you've never prayed before, and you need to stand up and walk around your house and turn your television off. Yep, I'm meddling. Turn your television off and pick up your word and stomp around your house and say, this, Lord, this is your word. This is what you said. This is what I need to do. You've stopped because you've lost hope. And then he said, prophesy to the breath and the spirit, son of man, and say to the breath and spirit, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds and breathe upon these that have been slain that they will live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceeding great host. Now, we all read that, and it all sounds wonderful, and then the problem was is that they were all just standing there. Okay, I mean, he's put them all together. They're living and they're breathing, but they're just standing there. Some of you just standing. You've just been standing for, you know. Hey, the woman with the issue of blood, how many years did she stand? Uh, okay. I mean, the, the Bible talks about people that, the, the, the guy at the pool of Bethesda. How long did they wait? And you've been waiting 30 minutes and God didn't answer it. Well, I'm sorry, baby girl, but baby boy, but it, it, it's, it may take longer than that because you're not the only one in the picture. And... Oh, and then he said to them, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, our hopes are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Well, God wanted me to come to you today and tell you that you cannot stay where you are anymore. Today's the end. If you 
and I, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, then this man right here is a man of God, and he'll be glad to help you find the direction you need to go in and put you to work and get you out in the community. You need, again, this church will only grow when you go out there. I better sing now. Um, hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you that you pull these dry bones. Lord, we just pray, pray your spirit. That your hope will be restored in them right now, Lord. Hope restored right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. I can't stay here Asleep to how you're moving I can't stay here Complacent anymore I can't stay here My heart is full of longing I can't stay here I know what I'm made for I can't stay here My heart is full of longing You're breathing new life Into dry bones I hear the echo The sound of heaven's call Your spirit's calling me I know it's time to go. I can't stay here anymore. And I can't stay here. I'm awakened to your whisper. I can't stay here. Cause you tell me there is more. I can't stay here. Oh, my heart, it beats like thunder. I can't stay here Cause I'm running for the door You're breathing new life Into troubles I hear the echo The sound of heaven's song Your spirit's calling me I know it's time to go I won't sit on the bench anymore, Lord. I'm going. I'm doing, Lord. I'm doing what you told me to do. <laughs> I'm ready for deeper. I'm ready for a furious flood. I'm ready for glory. I'm ready for kingdom come. I'm ready for deeper. I'm ready for a furious flood. I'm ready for glory. I'm ready for kingdom come. I'm ready for deeper. I'm ready for a furious flood. I'm ready for glory. I'm ready for kingdom come. I'm ready 
this way father <clears throat> yes the anointing breaks every yoke it's just the beginning says the lord i've called you to this place this hour this day the doors are opening more will open and the lord says i'm going to improve your health and you will be healthy because you will travel for me i will keep you safe i will keep your marriage strong I will keep you together. You will have words for those that are dying and hurting. You shall receive my voice, says the Lord. Trust me. Just trust me, says God, and see if I am not telling you the truth. I am the anointing that breaks every yoke. Amen. Give her another hand, would you? Uh, The reason I'm up here, before I introduce uh, Nick to you, I want, we're going to give you an opportunity, as I told you, to, to share financially in their ministry. You know, they didn't ask for anything, and they don't expect anything, but, you know, I traveled for 20 years, and uh, I was used to driving 700 miles one way. I, I remember I did that once, drove all the way to Seattle, and uh, when I... I I did a meeting that they said it was the best meeting they ever had. There, there was 25 people saved. There was 50 people baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And I got ready to leave, and I'll never forget that. The, the guy handed me a $50 check. Now, God took care of me uh, in other ways. But, you know, it wasn't me that got cheated out of a blessing. It was him. So you want to you want to get blessed? You sow in this offering today. May if you're making a check, make it out to New Song. We'll make sure they get a, a check, and we'll make sure that you get a, a tax receipt. And I know you don't care about that, but 
we do that anyway. So, uh, TL, can you come bring some guys? Let's pray a minute. Father, we just thank you for abundance. And I know there are some here this morning that don't have abundance. I speak abundance to you. Abundance in your financing. Father, just show us what you want us to do. And I know that we'll do it. We will. We thank you for these gifts now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you're giving. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broke. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. There's only one God. There is only one God, one King. There is only one King, one body. There is only one body. That is why we can sing. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broke. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love. Lord, uh, Pray that you will just descend upon Brother Nick. And he is on you. The anointing is on you. The Bible says the anointing breaks every yoke. Brother. Give him a hand. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Wow want to let you know that we appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Pastor John, Sister Liz, for asking us to be here and be a part of your life and your ministry. To all the people that we don't know all that well yet, we're just um, ask some of the 80s group about us. The 80s group is here. Before we, before we turn 80, <laughs> we were back in the day. You wonder what the, the tie is between those of us who were here in the 80s. We're friends. We love one another. We shared life. Our children were little. Most of us had young children and growing children, and we were developing in God. And uh, we love one another a whole lot. Uh, we dance disco. <laughs> well, some of us did. At least we knew what it was. But the thing that binds us together is none of that. The thing that binds us together is that 
we walked in a season that was not anything like it before or anything like it after. We stepped into something and we were stupid. That means we were ignorant. Eric Hoffer says, In times of change, learners inherit the earth, while the learned find themselves beautifully prepared for a world that no longer exists. I love that quote. We were learners. We didn't know what we were doing. We were full of God. We were full of ourselves. But we were learners. We had the opportunity to sense a moment when things changed. That's what keeps us together. So you youngies, you newbies, That's why we relate to one another, because we walked in a season together. Now, seasons are important. I'm not talking about fate, and I'm not talking on someday, somehow. I'm talking about seasons. The reason God operates in seasons is because people fail to walk in things daily as they should, and walk in the now as they sh should, and, and they fail, and, and, and the country the land, the territory is not taken. So, so God just takes these times and he releases new seasons so that we catch up with what we should have been doing all along. And in the 80s, we caught up a little bit. God did some things. Now, when I came to this town in 1983, I was 28 years old and half the man I am now. The reason I stay pudgy is because it keeps the wrinkles from showing. You lose weight, you start getting all wrinkled in everything. <laughs> when I came here, there was a man of God pastoring here, and I had known him since I was a child and had listened to him preach. He preached in the Church of God camp meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina in the morning service. Nobody's really supposed to come a lot in the morning service. In the evening service, we'd have about 4,000. In the morning service, it's usually about three or 400. His name was Jack Drake, and he began to quote the book of Acts. Oh, Theophilus. And he would begin to quote the book of Acts, and as he quoted the book of Acts, he would begin to dance. And as he danced, his gray hair would fall down in his face and the Holy Ghost from heaven would come in that place he never took a title he never announced a, a, a message what, what am I talking he just quoted the book of Acts he never got through it because somewhere in the book of Acts and the day of Pentecost was fully when he was quoting the book of Acts the Holy Ghost would fall and literally hundreds of people were filled with the Holy Ghost and he was amazing. I was just a teenager, and I was amazed at him. And then when I found out that I was coming to Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Pastor Jack Drake pastored here, and how many of you 
you ever heard of him or know him? Anybody raised in his church or ministry? Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, my God, I'm, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to Carlsbad and Jack Drake's there. I'm going to have to walk on the other side of the street. But when I came to town, I realized that I was a learner and that God was doing something new. And this great man of God, greater than me, I'm just telling you, he walked in some things I never walked in. But he had one problem, and I speak of him in honor because I know he's already gone to be with the Lord. He didn't recognize the season. And I was just a young hot dog. Full of myself, full of God. God tried to win out. He did a lot of times. Sometimes he didn't. James Allen, you know that. Because you're on the praise team with me. What a blessing I could be sometimes. <laughs> but I was a learner and I had an advantage. I recognized the shift in seasons. We're going to pray for the sick today, but before I do that, I want, to, I want to release a couple of other things in the building. There is a new season. The 80s weren't the best season. They were just a definite season, and we saw it, and we lived it, and we got some stories. And we have some testimonies, and we saw, and we heard, and we beheld. All of us. We had to be in the same church. We were all over town. It was happening. It was happening. I said, it was happening. Amen. And we lived through that. But you see, seasons come to an end, and then there are new seasons. And this is a new season. This is what we would call, and I know this is, a, this is like a cliche. This is like the, the, the buzzword among the who's who in the charismatic zoo. Uh, the word kairos. A kairos moment. Kairos time versus Kronos time. Now, some of us just showed up here from the 80s and we started looking at one another to see what Kronos had done to us. Kronos is chron chronological time. It, it, it's old man time. And the Greek statue for old man time sort of looks like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> so we came to check each other out just to see what Kronos had done to us. The old man. But there is another statue that the Greeks made for Kairos and he was a young man with arrows and he was agile so inside I'm Kairos don't pay any attention to what Kronos has done to me I do the best to cover it up and color it and get a big shirt I mean I do my best Kronos is going to have you know, it's just going to happen. But what's important for us, what keeps us young, is living in Kairos moment, living in God's time. So we've got it all. That's what the song was about. That's what the service is about, is we have to get back on God's time. Because the 80s are far gone. And now it's time for new seasons to erupt, to be released. Hallelujah. When the children of Israel passed over, they asked me what scripture they should put up. I said, I have no idea. We're just going to roll with it. But that's Numbers chapter 14, but I don't know what verse. But it's in there. 
when the, when the children of Israel at Kadesh Barnea, they had an opportunity to go into the promised land. How many of you realized at Kadesh Barnea, they decided that they didn't want to go right then? Not only did they miss going into the promised land, but they missed an opportunity. Turn around and tell somebody, don't miss an opportunity. But you miss an opportunity. Don't you miss an opportunity. Let me give you a definition for kairos. Is that all right with you? I think I can read the definition of kairos without putting on my chronos glasses. Well, chronos, of, of course, is just linear time. It's just the years going by. It's tick, tock, tick, tock. Day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, decade in, and decade out. You wait till that happens to you. Decades go by. Was that the 80s or the 90s? Man, you getting on. So we all live that, and, and it's good to be alive. And it's good to have lived through. But Kairos time is different than Kronos time because eventually chronological time will kill you. Well, I'm going to live to be at 120. Well, praise God, at 121, you'll be dead. Eventually, eventually time will kill you. Kronos time will kill you, but Kairos time. Woo! It'll put something in you when you see what God is doing in a moment, releasing a season. Hallelujah. So before we get into ministering to the sick, and we're going to do that, and I won't hold you all day, I promise. I want to release the reality of a new season. Kairos time means this, the opportune time. Perfect and right time. Now time. The release of a flow from heaven to earth. That'll keep you young. You see, when they went into the promised land, two old men led them. Joshua and Caleb. They were 80. God gave me a word just about three or four years ago, and he said, don't even consider slowing down. Do not talk about retiring. You have just begun. Well, I knew that had to be on Kairos time because Kronos time was like, hey, let's go to the house. <laughs> what time is it? 8.30. Can we go to bed now? But Kairos time will keep you up. Kairos time will make you move. And God gave me a word, don't even consider slowing down. Don't talk about retiring. You're just beginning. And I thought he'd forgot about it. And then he sends another prophet by and says the same thing. So I'm in my prime. Oh, I'm not bragging because he's keeping me alive. That's what uh, Caleb said. God has kept me alive to this day because I haven't taken my mountain yet so I had to put up with the others for 40 years and wait for them to die but God has kept me alive 
Now Moses told me that I could have that mountain in that territory. So Joshua, give me my mountain. See, that's what we all need to be living in is Kairos time. Having a word and an assignment on our life. If you're eight or 80, you're not too young and you're not too old. All you need is a word from God. Josiah was eight when he began to reign over Israel. And he did mighty things and fulfilled a prophecy that was over 300 years old. When he was eight. You might be eight. Anybody eight here? Right there. This is your time. Anybody 80? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you were the first one up there in the Holy Ghost today. Hallelujah. So, what God wants to do, here's the thing that's going to be happening. There are many things happening in this new season, but one of the things that's going to be happening, just the same as when the children of Israel passed over the Jordan River and went into the Promised Land, it was a definite time of change. Supernatural weather stopped. The supernatural food stopped. The cloud stopped and the fire stopped. And the supernatural clothes and all of that stopped. And they began to eat the fruit of the land. Because the object of what God wanted them to do was establish kingdom and take ter territory. And so as we move into taking territory... We're going to not just be receiving from God, but we're going to have God flow through us. It won't be so much what God does to us, but what God does through us. A change is coming. It's not going to be a spectator sport. Too long this has been a spectator's event. And the more we talk about it not being one, the more it is. But God wants to do something in a group of people. That cannot be contained in a person. There's no way one person can contain the anointing that God wants to release on the body. There's no way. So you got to get unstuck. You got to move. You can't just go around in circles on the other side. Y'all don't have a clock in here? Oh, you have a clock. So when. You see me look up, it's going to be Jesus or the clock. It's going to be Kairos or Kronos. We can't be stuck anymore. We can't do the same thing all the time. Have you ever had a life where at the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the year, the end of the decade, you wind up in the same place. You're in the same spot. You're going, has it been five years? Has it been five weeks? You're in the same spot. Today, I want to release some excitement upon you. Because when you're on Kronos time, it's just every day is the same. When you're on Kairos time, you never know what's going to happen next. Because God's doing new things. He's doing them through you. You're no longer a spectator. You're a participator. You're vital to how this thing works because the anointing is on his people. When every day is the same, you don't know whether it's Thursday or Friday. Because today looks like yesterday 
and a lot like tomorrow. Have you ever lived through that? Well, I thought all day I thought it was Wednesday. You say, you tell me, really, it's Thursday? Well, you got an iPhone, just look at it. It tells you what day it is right there. When every day is the same, you lose the excitement, you lose the anticipation, you no longer look forward to the future, you no longer have things out there that you're expecting to happen. The light goes out of your eyes and you're just going round and round in circles. And God says, don't want you to go round and round in circles anymore. You're released into a new season, a new time. How old are you, Benny? 78, you got close to 80. It doesn't matter. At 80, you can still see mountains that God's promised you. God wants to restore to you an anticipation of the future. Restoration, we think of, is, well, God's going to pay me back for everything that I lost. And God's going to make amends, and that is true. But one of the things phenomenal about our economy right now in the United States of America is what we would call consumer confidence. Now, consumer confidence is when people look and they say, you know what? Today is good. Tomorrow might even be better. And so they begin to invest and they release capital and things begin to happen. So when the devil steals from you, he's not just taking some things that were in your hand or he damaged you in situations in the past, but he's trying to steal your future. You have a bright future. You have many years ahead of you. And the prophet Joel said he will restore the years. That means he will literally take everything that should have happened in those 40 years and start cramming it into quick things. Things happening very, very quickly. Doesn't that sound good? Rather than, what day is it? I thought, I thought this was Thursday. thought it was Thursday. You're telling me? Have you ever been stuck winding up at the same place every day? Can you put your hands in the air, both of them? Ooh, I heard some popping and cracking. Hallelujah. <laughs> that you shaking out the chronos, and here we go with the kairos. Say, oh God. Release a new future into my life that looks different than yesterday or last week or last month. Lord, I'm ready for something new, exciting, productive, enjoyable, amazing. Unimaginable. Say, Lord, I want to live in the unimaginable. Ooh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't the psalmist say when the Lord re restored and returned the, the fortunes of Zion, we are like those that dreamed. Man, I'm living in a dream. I'm living in a dream. I wish I had time to talk to you about my daughter, Heather, you remember little old Heather, little, little old Heather with her braces and her curly hair, the perm, the permanent perm that her mom kept in her hair. She hates to look at those pictures with this permanent perm, and these big braces and these 
two big knots for knees. That was Heather. Man, she's 40 years old and looks like she's 28. She's beautiful and she's amazing. She got that Holy Ghost fire. She got that Holy Ghost fire. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing a new season. How many of you believe in new seasons? It's a new season. So I want to release that to you. Now listen to me. Listen to me. What you have been praying for and wanting to happen may have already passed by you two or three times. Well, you just didn't recognize it. The kingdom of God is a lot about recognition. You have to recognize it. The change that you've been needing may have presented itself to you. You just didn't recognize it. And so you just keep walking in circles going, Lord, I sure need a change. Jesus, won't you come by here? Jesus, won't you come by here? Jesus, won't you come by here? Second verse, you get emotional. Jesus, won't you come by? He done come by. It's already released. It's already came your way. You just didn't recognize it because you're too busy singing, Jesus, won't you come by here? I'm in a little trouble now. I'm in a little trouble. Y'all ever heard that song? You're not from Louisiana, are you? <laughs> I'm in a little trouble. It just goes on and on. It gets better and better. What it does is it fails to recognize that Jesus doesn't come by. He can't come by where he lived. He lives in you. He lives in me. Jesus said, me and my father will come and make our permanent residence in you. So many times we're acting like he's way over there. And we're failing to recognize that he's right in here. So change is coming. Can I talk to you about healing a little bit? Hallelujah. And these two really work together because his supernatural healings begin to take place. God's just getting you ready to do the work of the kingdom. As you receive supernatural healing in your body, there is a grace that abides on you. And as God begins to heal you and you walk in that healing, there's enough grace on you to heal other people. That's right. If you've ever been through anything and you live through it, you can help somebody else going through the same thing. And you can say, eh, you're going to be all right. You're coming through this. I had a nervous breakdown when I was in my 20s. I'm not talking about a couple of panic attacks. I'm talking about nuts. I'm talking about running through traffic on the high rise in East New Orleans on I-10. And I heard a voice. Nick. Nick. Where are you going? I don't know. Come back to the car. <laughs> now traffic was stopped. Okay. So I didn't get a miracle that day. I was just playing crazy. Now the way you get through that. You have to begin a victory diet in your life. I got crazy by thinking crazy. I got fearful by thinking fearful. I became anxious by thinking and feeling anxious. 
So I began to reverse that, and I took a scripture every day, and I took a song every day. That was my victory diet. One scripture, because when you're crazy, you can't remember two. Just one. One scripture. You don't have to have three or four, just one. One scripture and one song. One scripture and one song. I would sing that every day and sing that every day and quote that every day. And I found out that if you don't give the devil place, if you get on that track with the word of God and the spirit of God, that the devil will, you'll bump the devil off the track. And then eventually your emotions will heal. Eventually your emotions will heal. And you'll want to run through traffic. But something says, you don't have to do that. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. Hallelujah. So there's going to be some healing released today. Just let me tell you very quickly what happened. It's still early. I don't, ha- I don't need just a few minutes for this. About three years ago, God s- spoke to my heart. How many of you God speaks to your heart and you second guess that? Perhaps you remember being crazy like I did. So when you, you feel like God speaks to you, and then in this secular world we live in, if you tell anybody, you know, God spoke to me, they go, yeah, unicorns and rainbows. God spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you to spend the last phase of your ministry setting my people free, praying and teaching and ministering and delivering people who are sick. Like, sure, I'll run right out and do that. Where do I get a tent? I got to have really bad hair and a TV program. I have to have moves. You got to have your healing evangelist moves. <laughs> you have to have a whole lot going for you to be in the healing ministry. That's not really what he called me to do. He just wanted me to encourage believers to believe. And stand on the word of God. And so, you know, I kind of stepped out on it a little bit. And I prayed for quite a few people and they died. And. um, Come on, y'all, let's get real. I mean, I did see some people get healed. It was very exciting till the other ones died. So, you know, I just did and then I didn't. And, and then we flooded and I had a great excuse because my life was upside down. We flooded. I mean, if you flooded, you can't have a healing ministry. You're too busy mucking out your house and living somewhere else with three dogs that you bought. And um, hallelujah. Our marriage survived. And then just a few weeks ago, the prophet of God, who has prophesied for our life so many times. uh, I'll I'll give you an example of how God uses this man. Perhaps he can come here to Carlsbad. He walked up to my son and he said, "Um, I call you Enoch. That's your scriptural name. And you're going to walk with God and you're not even going to be. And God's going to take you and you're going to be faithful and you're going to serve God. That's Hebrews 11.5. Does that mean anything to you? 
November the 5th. Does that mean anything to you? And my son said, that's my birthday. And this man began to walk around the room and just do that and just say amazing things. And, and here's the thing is that I met people on Bourbon Street in front of, uh, yeah, that do this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, people can tell you all kinds of things. But when he would give somebody a word, a portal would open. I literally watched it. I, li I literally watched it. A lady, he said, what does that say? 417, what does that mean to you? For, for, what is April? April 17, what does that mean to you? And she said, it's my birthday. And when she said it's my birthday, I saw a lot. Listen to me. You got to listen to me because if you don't, we're not going to get out of here. And, and I saw a light hit her, and I was sitting all the way across the room with my son and my daughter-in-law. She's Lutheran. And that glory went, and it hit them in the face. And I looked at them. Well, you know me, I'm Pentecostal. So I stood up and I said, God's real. God's real. God's real. You notice I didn't go all the way across there. I'm getting tired. That's Kronos. But this is Kairos. Not long after that, I was able to lead my stepdaughter to the Lord and pray with her. Go to the, what? My daughter-in-law, one of them girls. Daniel's wife. The Lutheran. I put... We were standing at the altar together, and I put my hand over here. We were waiting on the preacher to come, but he got busy. And I kept feeling hot something on my sleeve. I was reaching across her body to her hand over here, and she wet my sleeve with her tears. And I said, don't you think it's time to pray? And she said, what do you want me to pray? I said, let's ask that Jesus into our hearts and man we prayed God did it and then her in-laws were visiting from uh, uh, Michigan one Sunday and that was the Sunday the preacher called them up and says you know do you have your prayer language and her father had just said a few weeks ago said, all that's made up you know that's fake that's fake when they do all that that's fake and the preacher says don't you have your prayer language? And she says, no. He said, do you want it? And she goes, yeah. There she goes. The prophet said that we would be used to usher in healing revival. So I want to share with you just a couple of things that you're going to need to receive your healing today. Is that all right? I'm going to tell somebody it's all right. It's going to be all right. I've got four things you're going to need. And they're all on one piece of paper, so you're blessed. Turn around and tell somebody we're blessed. You're going to need a relationship with God. That's right. You're just going to need Jesus. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. Matthew 15, 26. It's the children's bread. 
Uh, Brother Nick, I gave my heart to the Lord, you know, some time ago, but you know how life is, and I've got back into this, and I've started doing that. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right now, the first thing I want you to do is I just want you to bow your head. I want, to think about, I want you to think about anything in your life that you want forgiveness for, that you would like freedom from, that you don't want to do anymore, that you feel like is a hindrance to your spiritual walk. I just want you to think about that right now. Just think about that right now. Now, don't tell anybody else. Trust me on this one. Don't tell anybody else. Just between you and Jesus right now, I want you to ask Jesus to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Just, that's right, very quiet. Forgive me, Jesus, and set me free in this, Lord. I want to walk free from this. Hallelujah. If you prayed that, say amen. Now, some of you didn't have to pray that because you, you're, you're past that right now. And that's a good thing. So say this with me. I am cleansed from all unrighteousness. You prayed that, didn't you? So even if there was a little something there, you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. You know what that means? That means you're righteous. That means you're a child of God. Now, healing for your body is now the children's bread. It's your daily bread. So, one down, three to go. Number two, you're going to need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Remember the Holy Ghost? Remember before churches found a way to get him out? Talk about him but not let him move? Brag about how they believed in the gifts of the Spirit and there were none in the church? Ever! And you had that sneaking feeling that if you got a running spell, that before you could get around that building once, the ushers would have you in the back. That if you had a tongue, you would get about kilo bosa kebab. Somebody would have you out of there. Remember the Holy Ghost? Remember when the Holy Ghost used to just do what the Holy Ghost wanted to do? And we would just let him move and we would step aside. And joy would begin to break out. Freedom would begin to break out. People would begin to rejoice. People, oh, yeah, it was all, there's always people out of order. Well, if we're going to let that stop us, we might as well just stop now. We can handle people out of order. What we can't handle is Holy Ghost people not filled with the Holy Ghost. If this is going to be a Holy Ghost church, it's going to be a Holy Ghost church. Oh, we can handle disorder. What we cannot ha handle is petrification. You've got to get liberated. You have to be free. You have to receive the Holy Ghost. You're going to need the Holy Ghost because Jesus said, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then you're going to be my witnesses. Now listen, the word power there is the same word for power as used in the Scripture when it talked about the woman with the issue of blood that said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She didn't have anybody to teach her. 
She did not have F.F. Bosworth book on Christ the healer. You need that one. Google it and get it. She didn't have anybody to encourage her. She didn't go to Bible study. She was not allowed to be around anybody because she bled. But she heard a rumor that happened to be true. That there was a man that had power to heal the sick. And she self-taught herself a confession. And the Bible says she kept saying to herself, If I can only touch the bottom of his garment, the tallit of his garment, I will be made whole. And she kept saying it. She, that's how you build your faith. You keep saying it. She kept saying it. I know a lot of other thoughts were coming to her mind. She'd been through a whole lot. The Bible says she was broke because she had spent all she had on the doctors, but none the better. How many of you know that she kept her confession? The Bible says maintain the profession or the confession of your faith. She surprised Jesus. He did not have her in his date book. She was not in his calendar. She caught him off guard. Just walking along. Everybody touching him. See, you can touch him and not touch him. Innumerable people touching him. And he stopped. Who touched me? And his disciples go, what? Who touched you? Everybody since you got to town has touched you. And he said, no. Somebody touched me for I felt virtue go out of me. The word virtue, there's the same word for power, Acts 1.8. And you shall receive miracle power, virtue, when the Holy Ghost is come upon you. When you receive the Holy Ghost, miracle power. So it's already yours because you're a child of God. It's the children's breath. And then you go, oh, you got that dynamo of the Holy Ghost. You have miracle power. You have miracle power inside you. Do you know that? I said you have miracle power inside you. You have miracle. How many of you pray in the spirit? Fluently. How many of you just don't? We're not going to call you up. And we're not going to throw any rotten fruit at you. If you don't do you just don't speak in tongues. That, thank you for the one out of about 20 people that need to be honest. God bless you. You don't. That's okay. That's cool. Because there was a time when we didn't. Hallelujah. But you can. Now, Jesus said, if our earthly parents know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Ghost? So this morning, hallelujah, we're going to pray together. And we're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Say, Father, thank you. <laughs> thank you Father for giving me the Holy Ghost I read in your word that when people receive the Holy Ghost they speak in a heavenly language I receive the Holy Ghost fill me Lord this morning I expect to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to speak in tongues, heavenly languages. Now lift your hands up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now those of you who are gifted, go ahead and begin to pray in tongues.
those of you who are not, say, Lord, fill me. Fill me. And the Bible says, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. So the ability to speak in tongues is inside you because you've received the Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, those of you who speak in tongues but you don't have a flow, it's time to flow. It's time to flow. It's time to flow. It's time to flow. I woke up this morning speaking in tongues. Woo! Out of my sleep, I was speaking in tongues. I woke up this morning crying, crying in the Spirit and praying in tongues. It's a heavenly thing. Go ahead and do it some more. It's a heavenly thing. It's a glorious thing. You say, well, that's not my thing. Well, if you need healing, it sure will help you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Something happened to me when I was 14 years old. I was standing in the living room of my grandmother's house. My grandmother had thyroid cancer. She had a huge goiter. This was a Sunday morning. My father had asked someone else to handle the services. And he brought along with him one of the men of the church. One of the men of the church. God's raising up men and women in the church to have believers' ministries to do amazing things in Jesus' name. Brother Blackwell, his name was Gene Blackwell. He and my father were very close. Brother Blackwell sat in the corner of the room in a chair. My grandmother said, I sure am so glad that you guys came to pray for me today. They're giving me treatments, and it doesn't seem to be having any result. This just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Brother Blackwell stepped into a world that my mom and dad had never seen before. Stepped into some, I was, I was 14. I didn't know about stepping into worlds. But now I'm 64, and I remember that day. I was not there by accident. And Brother Blackwell said, Miss Angle, I am not going to get out of this chair. I'm not going to anoint you with oil, and I'm not going to lay hands on you. The Holy Ghost inside you is going to bring that healing to you. Your healing miracle is in you. I'm 14. I'm watching. I'm looking. I'm seeing. I've seen the best. I've seen the pushers and the shovers and the screamers and the bench walkers. There's something. He didn't move. All of a sudden. <laughs> something good about those old days. We need to bring the good of the old days into the new days. The Holy Spirit fell fresh on my grandmother. And she slid her crooked toes into her bedroom slippers and she began to dance she began to laugh she began to shout her hair was flying everywhere whoo 
Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I receive it, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I receive it, Jesus. Well, when she got through, she took over. The meeting was over. She said, I want you to sit down here. I'm going to cook you a big meal, all of you. So I asked my mother on the phone on the way here. I said, Mama, what did she cook? She said, fried chicken, meatloaf, green beans, mashed potatoes, and she baked a pound cake, and she made sweet tea. Not only did she cook it, she served it to all of us. She went back to the doctor. The gorder had gone down by then. See, this morning, healing is right now. That's the world that we stepped into. Do you know what we do? We come to the altar, and we think the guy or the gal with the hot hand is going to touch us, and we're going to feel Holy Ghost goosebumps. And we're going to feel this, or we're going to experience that. And when we don't, we go back to our chair. Well, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any fire. I don't feel any different. Well, I guess I didn't get it. You better believe you didn't. But if you'd have claimed it, you'd have had it. And you see, you got to let Holy Ghost joy come on you. And you have to let revival fire hit you. So this morning when we pray for you, I want you to anticipate Holy Ghost joy. Because that Holy Ghost joy, whoo, that Holy Ghost joy is going to stir that up. And it's going to, because the healing is within you. The healing. And the more people with hot hands that have television ministries, and the more people that are proficient in the gifts, the, the more inept the body is. And God doesn't want you to be inept about healing. God wants you to have a healing ministry. Every believer is to have a healing ministry. And those that believe, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So my mom and dad went on a quest and they found a man who came. He was not a preacher. He was a layman. He came here and preached in Carlsbad. His name was T.W. McGraw. And he just had a believer's ministry. And when he came to preach at my dad's church, i got to tell you this because it's important. Because you're going to take your healing today or you're going to leave it here. So I'm encouraging you to take it. When Brother McGraw came to preach, you see, they didn't used to put preachers in hotels. They put preachers in the preacher's kid's bedroom. We got run out. And so Brother McGraw and Sister McGraw, they got my bedroom. But Brother McGraw looked like cancer and smelled like cancer. So much so that when he left after being with us for two weeks, a two-day meeting turned into two weeks, that they had to throw my mattress out. And from him taking showers... The toxins and poisons coming out got in the vapors on the wall and they had to clean and repaint the wall. Why am I telling you this? Because he took his healing and he walked it out. Something's going to happen to you today, but you've got to take it and walk it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm almost, I'm almost there. Now, if you've got it today, 
If, if you want healing, you're going to get it. The third thing you need is, he, is the word of God on healing. You need God's word on healing. Luke 8, 18 says they came to hear and be healed. They came to hear and be healed. If you get, if you receive a healing, most of the time, this is statistic, most of the time if you receive a healing through someone else's gift and you're not a person of the word, you're not a person of the spirit, you will lose that because the devil will talk you out of it. Healing belongs to you. You're going to need the word of God on healing. Psalms 103 says what? He forgives all of my sins, my iniquities. And this has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you.